Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that's right, my friends. I am excited to talk with you this morning um, about, well, there's a lot of things I want to talk about, but I have been humored by this for quite some time now since yesterday. Oh, good old Governor Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, CNN, and uh, the radicals in the mainstream of American journalism. I just, I, this is a perfect story that I want to start off the program with today, but welcome to the program. Before we do that, a couple of housekeeping tips. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com where you can send, uh, send your questions, your comments. I love hearing from you, by the way. Uh, feedback, any sort of, just I welcome the communication. Um, and I'll, of course, accept that adoration and praise as well. Just make the email count. Got a got a message on social media yesterday. I think, man, what a waste. What? It's not usually the case, but I have to tell you sometimes that it is. You have this golden opportunity, and you swing and you miss so badly. Most of you, of course, do not fall into that category, but every once in a while a joker does. So it's good to be here. Thank you for joining us. This headline, this story has entertained me to no end, to no end. So you've got, remember this, we've got Governor Andrew Cuomo, right? He's on the hot seat for a lot of things out there. Did I see he made, I think Oz could double check me here, but I think I saw he made five point some odd million dollars from his book on how to lead us through a coronavirus crisis, Leadership through COVID or what? I don't know what the title of this book is, but that's what it's about. Cuomo, who, of course, is even facing opposition from Democrats now for wanting him to, well, to resign or to face consequences for the way that he allegedly hid uh, coronavirus data from nursing homes. Remember this? So that's all going on as he's writing the book just think about think about that for a moment let that sink in the level of hypocrisy and the level of not giving well a rat's behind not caring at all about anything you you're just there for the applause the accolades remember back a year or so ago governor cuomo we had pe- i remember people calling for cuomo to be the vp Heck, some people even wanted to remove Biden from the party's presidential candidate and have Andrew Cuomo be the candidate. This guy was the epitome of how to lead through a crisis. This is what America needed more of. This is what America needed to see in the White House. This was a a Democrat that was worthy of all of our praise. Of course, that was the narrative, and the reality is that is nothing short of complete hooey. 
this guy is an utter disaster and a train wreck, both as a governor, as a leader. I haven't read the book, so I can't speak to his authorship abilities, although I'm certain someone else penned the words anyway. This guy is an unmitigated disaster. On top of that, we have all these alleged uh, sexual, I don't know, all the stuff pertaining to the way that he was treating women, allegedly, during his term as as governor. I don't know if these even go back before that, but that's all this stuff has come out here in the past, the past year. Now, I'm going to be fair. I always am fair on here. I'm fair to... To, to Matt Gates, I'm fair to Governor Cuomo. An accusation doesn't necessarily mean anything, and not all accusations are are equal. But at some point, based upon what we've seen and the responses and then factoring all this in together, we have some serious questions that need to be answered. And so Governor Cuomo knew that he had questions that needed to be answered. So he goes to his brother, Chris Cuomo, excuse me, that's tough guy, Chris Cuomo on CNN, tough guy, Chris Cuomo, he and Don Lemon, God only knows what they were talking about between their programs last night. Yes, Don Lemon's still on CNN, even though he told us a couple of weeks ago that it was the last night of tonight with Don Lemon, and now it's Don Lemon tonight, or maybe I've got that flipped. I don't know. I don't care. It's a publicity stunt. <laughs> and again, the thing is, when you tune into Don Lemon's program, you realize whatever they call it, it's the same empty garbage and gibberish. It's the same nonsensical drivel that we heard, no matter what they call this program. Don Tonight Lemon, Tonight with Don Lemon, Don Lemon Tonight, Fake News Don Lemon, whatever you call it, it's the same program. There is no there there and it gets i mean i get entertained i won't lie to you uh but just at their expense i guess is not something that's an intentional byproduct of the of the program anyway so whatever's going on there at cnn andrew cuomo governor of new york calls up chris cuomo and says hey i need your advice on how to basically handle the situa- uh, situation these sexual uh you know, allegations, sexual harassment scandal. How do I deal with this? And it's now, in fairness, again, in fairness, tough guy Chris Cuomo is the brother of Andrew Cuomo. So there's that. And as tough guy Chris Cuomo has said on his program, um, he is a brother first. He's fiercely loyal to his family. And he's a journalist second. I, I would maintain he's a journalist not at all, but this is, he thinks he's a journalist second. Um, so at least he's, I guess, honest enough to tell us that he's not unbiased as it pertains to his brother's alleged sexual harassment scandal. So he gave advice, and Chris Cuomo and CNN have come under some fire for this because people are saying, hey, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be the media talking about what's going on, and now you're actually providing some sort of uh, coaching, some sort of consultation 
to someone that you should be covering in your news reports. Now, Chris Cuomo, tough guy Chris Cuomo, says, hey, I'm recusing myself from this story. I cannot be unbiased. This is my brother. I'm trying to protect him. And so I'm a little bit, I'm removed from having that same level of standard. And some people, you know, can can get their minds around that. But you got to love this. Story in the New York Post headline. I, I have I have enjoyed this to no end because folks, this I think this headline encapsulates a massive part of the problems that we face in this nation today. Because it it shows the relationship between liberal politicians and the media. It demonstrates that the media isn't really the media. They are partners with, they're in cahoots with today's Democrat Party. Headline says this, Governor Cuomo says he, get, he gets advice from journalists other than his brother, Chris. Governor Andrew Cuomo on Monday defended having his CNN anchor brother take part in high-level strategy sessions about his sex scandal and stunningly claimed, <laughs> oh gosh, that he gets guidance from other journalists, quote, all the time. So he doesn't understand what the big fuss is here. Hey, Chris is my little brother. Excuse me, tough guy Chris is my little brother. He's not just, I didn't just call him up. He's part of a high-level strategy session, sessions, plural, about my, uh, my sex scandals. I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah, he's a journalist. Yeah, his network uh, should be rec- uh, you know, covering the story here. This is kind of a big news story. It certainly would be. I'm sure tough guy Chris Cuomo would be calling for the resignation of the New York governor had this governor been a Republican. And so I don't understand, Governor Cuomo says, the big deal. I talk with other journalists all the time and get <laughs> and I get guidance and feedback from them. What on earth? I'm going to continue here. During a news conference at Long Island's Jones Beach, the governor confirmed a report that his younger brother, Chris, joined a series of conference calls. Of course, they had to be conference calls because of COVID to help the Democratic governor plan his response to the sexual harassment scandal that's plaguing him. I had conversations with my brother. I always have conversations with my brother because he's my brother and he's my best friend. Andrew Cuomo said in a response to a question from the Post. Obviously, he was aware of what was going on, and I talked to him about it, and he told me his thoughts. This is, again, Governor Cuomo talking about his brother, Chris, CNN journalist. He always tells me his thoughts. Sometimes I follow them. Sometimes I don't. He was covering the story. Or excuse me. Excuse me. He was not covering the story. He had recused himself from the story. And then he added this, but I talk to journalists about situations all the time and they tell me their thoughts and their advice. Folks, this this is tantamount to an admission to what we've said on this program for years now, which is there is an unholy alliance between media and Democrat Party officials. Can you imagine saying this? Yeah, I you know, I'm asking journalists for their opinions all the time. Folks, to be a journalist, and this is not meant to be 
I'm not saying that journalists as a human being should not have, a, have an opinion. But to be a journalist, your opinion truly does not matter, and it should not be inserted into the story. It should certainly not be, you know, kind of snuck in the back door, so to speak, and your opinion, your viewpoint be um, the focal point of the story or anything along those lines. In fact, you're supposed to be trying to be as unbiased as humanly possible. Of course, we all know that you cannot be perfectly unbiased in a story. You're supposed to just do your best, though, not to be a consultant. What on earth is going on here? What on, what on earth is going on here? Cuomo really – I just – what is – it is mind-boggling to me that anyone could hear this and not think that this is the most insane thing they've heard a politician – well, there's so much to choose from. But to hear a politician readily and openly admit this – yeah, I talk to journalists, get their advice all the time. It just – it just should not compute. And if it does compute, it goes to show just how little – just how little we understand – about journalism, how much journalism is, in fact, dead. A journalist should be a conduit for a story to be told by both sides, or however many sides there may be in a particular story. A journalist should be that conduit. That journalist should ask questions that come up through the course of telling that story. Whatever the question may be perceived, it may be perceived as good from the person telling the story. It may be perceived as a bad question, but it's a question that just happens to come up during the flow of conversation. The journalist should be able to ask that, not with any hidden motive, not with any hidden objective, not with any desire to consult with the governor of New York. What is this? Calling up journalists all the time? You know what? This is a step away. This is a step, maybe not even a full step. This may be tiptoeing up to the line between where you can make the case. You can begin to make the case and say we've now had a – we've entered into the point of a slippery slope to where now the governor, when he asks for media advice, may be at least beginning the process of hinting around in the best-case scenario, if not – opening the door to completely saying, I need your help in telling this story so that people really don't know the truth and so that people decide to, to accept the version of reality that I want them to, or in some cases the ver, uh, version of complete la-la land, fantasy world, that I want them to believe so, as I don't ha- so that I don't have to deal with the consequences. We are that close. If you're consulting with media – I suppose part of that isn't – it isn't just what should I say, how should I respond. It's, hey, how would you cover this? What do you think I should do, PR firm in the media, to make this story go away? This is, this is a huge admission. This is not just some casual little thing, and it, it is funnier than heck to me on one level. But where it doesn't get funny is when people don't stop and realize – what he's just said. 
what he's just admitted to casually, meaning it's so common he doesn't even understand why the rest of us don't know that he's asking journalists for opinions all the time. This is a remarkable thing. And it goes to prove, to demonstrate without a shadow of a doubt, and I've got to take a break as Oz is over here alerting me to that yet again, dutifully doing her job. But I just, this is such a huge problem on so many levels. And we've literally, in the best case scenario, just tiptoed up to the line that says, Governor Cuomo is at least has at least opened the door to talking with the media about how to spin his story. And in a worst-case scenario, he's flat out saying that's what we're discussing and we're trying to figure out the best way to navigate this collectively as a team. So when we say, when I say that the media has become the PR firm of the Democrat Party, when I say the Democrat, excuse me, the media, and again, that's interchangeable, Democrat Party media, largely, Largely true, largely synonymous. When I say that there's an unholy alliance, that these folks are professional deceivers, case in point, Exhibit A, Andrew Cuomo, governor of the state of New York, telling people, almost confused that he has to tell people, that he asks journalists (laughs) for their opinions all the time. And I've got to go. Take a break here. Sit tight. You're listening to... America's realities are. Be back here in just a minute. How in the world, how in the world that the media can have any sort of credibility at all, especially in particular. CNN, which, by the way, is not America's most trusted name in news. Give me a break. They have been exposed on so many levels. Jeff Zucker's in there running the show, basically telling journalists which stories to cover, what the purpose of their stories are, right? This is what Project Veritas has leaked tapes of this. Which, by the way, I don't know if you you follow Project Veritas. I highly recommend it. What James O'Keefe and his team are doing is is a good, good thing. They are maligned and attacked, saying that they edit video. Uh, Look, anything that is – if you shoot raw video, let's say you go in to do an undercover expose. It's just an expose. You go into – to do an undercover opera operation and and you have maybe hours of video. If you show a clip of that video, that video by definition becomes edited. Becomes edited because it's cut out of the larger of the larger clip. This these are the kind of sorts of the game the kind of sort of games that the media plays with us. Oh, it's edited video. It's edited video. Now, what does edited video imply to you? Edited, edited video implies, it implies that something was done to change what you saw on the video, does it not? Meaning, it's edited to make it look like it's something that it isn't. 
prime example of that, one that always comes to my mind, although it's not video, it's audio, how NBC, I think it was NBC, edited the audio for the express of the of George Zimmerman calling 911 for the clear purpose of trying to incriminate or to bias public opinion against him heading into his trial because they took out a very key portion of of a dialogue he had with the 911 operator and so when you listen to the edited video the truly deceptively edited video by NBC News. Again, if this happens one time, I don't know how you how anyone trusts these jokers again. Brian Williams, how Brian Williams, and I know this this is some folks um will disagree with me on this, but Brian Williams used to be NBC. Right now he's MSNBC. Fits right at home there with the other folks living in a fantasy world, making up stories and you know misleading people on a regular basis. But NBC, when he was at NBC and he made up this story about being on a helicopter that was taking fire, basically made it sound like he was John Rambo. It all turned out to be completely one hundred percent fabricated. And look, I I am a I am a Christian. I believe in the forgiveness of God. I also believe that there are consequences. And I believe that Brian Williams, if he confesses to God, is forgiven. And I don't, you know, I don't have a right to hold that against him. But I also don't know that I ever could look at him again and think this guy deserves to have a position where I trust informa- the information he's telling me. I just I think that you become uh, if you have engaged in practices where you have literally tried to do nothing more than deceive the people you're talking to. When your job is to be a a, a conduit for a story and to try to tell people in the, the best way, the most accurate way possible, the story, what's going on, whatever that story is. And you have violated the trust. It's not just a mistake. It's not just that you didn't have key information. You literally made a story up out of whole cloth. And then you go to the cameras or go to your keyboard, whatever platform you're using, go to the microphone, whatever, and you make it up. And you pass it off as though it actually happened. That, my friends, is a... I don't know how you come back from that. I just, I don't, not in maintain a position of that tells people what's going on. Now I'm thinking, what are you leaving out? What are you trying to spend this time? I think that's a fair starting point with people like this. And I'm just going to say that Brian Williams got caught. Brian Williams got, got caught. Now, I should I should say I don't think that all journalists are making up stories out of whole cloth like Brian Williams, but I'll tell you what I do believe. I do believe that they have a narrative, and this narrative is driven by public opinion and news execs and whatever they whoever else. And the narrative is simple. The narrative is we have to help the the, the intended consequence or the des- desired results, I should say, of 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 the narrative is to help one group of people and, and 
virtually every example, it's the Democrat Party, and to hurt or hinder another, which in virtually every case is the Republican Party or conservatives. And so they tell their stories so as to make it fit that mold as best as possible. That's what they do. And they have pressures from the likes of Jeff Zucker at CNN or wherever they're working. They have pressures. They have pressures to make the story fit the template and advance the narrative. And now they're consulting all the time, apparently, with Governor Andrew Cuomo. I'd like to see a list. Who all of you consulted with? Maybe he says, I don't even know. It's all of them. New York Times, just I've NBC, ABC, I've consulted with all these folks. It's basically what he's saying. Doing it all the time. I don't see what the big deal is that I'm talking to my brother Chris. At least he's my brother. At least he has a legitimate conflict of interest that people can at least wrap their heads around. The rest of these journalists are out there consulting with me, giving me their advice. For what purpose? That's what uh, people that trust the media, I mean, that's a fair, okay, for what purpose? They're not the media folks. They are the PR arm of the Democrat Party. They have these meetings to figure out what's the best way to present the story, what's the best way to deal with it, and how they're going to spin it. And now we know the media is involved. We've always known this, but now we have it on the record. Governor Andrew Cuomo trying to deflect this particular situation and help with his, uh, you know, maybe defend his brother a little bit, thinks he's doing some good, but actually he's admitted something much, much worse in my estimation. So timeouts in order. Got to take a break. Listening to conservative, not bitter, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Program brought to you in part by our friends at Wards Apparel, Wards Apparel in Mooresville. Providing high-quality clothing both for work and play at an affordable price. Still family-owned and operated, located next to Gray's, uh, Gray Brothers Cafeteria in Mooresville. They specialize in finding those hard-to-find styles and sizes. Got a tremendous inventory. Great people, too, at Ward's Apparel. Website is wards-apparel.com, or you can call them 317-831-3773, 317-831-3773, wards-apparel.com. So, talked about the media, talked about <laughs> Governor Cuomo, saying, yeah, I, I talk to the media, get their advice all the time. Basically, they're my PR firm. That's what he should have said. I call them up. I've got their numbers saved in my phone. We jump on these conference calls, and we figure out how to, to change the narrative or how to, how to respond and spin the story. Effectively, in my opinion, that's what he's just admitted to. So I want to shift gears a little bit here and go from the media, the traditional media, the PR firm of the Democrat Party, and move towards social media, 
Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, I mentioned him uh, last, I think it was last segment. They have released some documents from Facebook that reveal that Facebook is censoring posts that might contribute to what is termed vaccine hesitancy. In fact, the documents suggest that there are – and whistleblowers. There's two whistleblowers too. So the whistleblowers and or documents, this whole story put together, basically has – they have pointed out or told us, again, nothing that we probably didn't know already or suspect, but that there is an algorithm in place that is designed to stop posts based upon – what they're calling a VH score, a vaccine hesitancy score. So if someone puts something out there that might lead someone to not wanting to get the vaccine, it has a, a lower vaccine, a VH score, a vaccine hesitancy score. And the algorithms are designed to allegedly, this alleged by two Facebook whistleblowers, that they're alleged to stop or to slow how frequently or maybe even completely stop these things being posted to their social media platform. I've looked at this story in a couple of places. This is at Sarah Carter's website, Headline Project Veritas. Face, uh, Facebook whistleblowers reveal massive effort to censor users to ease, quote, vaccine Hesitancy. Hesitancy. She writes, two anonymous whistleblowers from Facebook reportedly came forward to Project Veritas to reveal that the social media platform is newly curbing content surrounding vaccine concerns. They have also leaked internal documents alleging, allegedly proving that an algorithm to censor these posts is in the works. According to the leaked documents, posts surrounding the COVID-19 vaccine are allegedly given a, quote, vaccine hesitancy score. The algorithm tags posts that appear to be about the vaccine and then determines if it's spreading false information, expressing doubt, or promoting vaccine alternatives. And then, based on that score, will demote or... Um, leaving the comment alone based upon the content within the comment, one of the alleged whistleblowers told James O'Keefe. Should the algorithm not work on a particular tagged post, a human raider will reportedly make a decision on the post. The demotion, quote, demotion is the equivalent to being shadow banned by the platform. And it's not just in English that these folks, that these, um, this algorithm works, it's up to 60 languages. Up to 60 languages. Does this does this sound like the platform Facebook says that it is? Does this not support in some respect what Governor DeSantis in the state of Florida, that legislation we talked about yesterday, that law now that's that's been signed by the governor, Governor DeSantis? You can see, right, the, the overlap here. Facebook is supposed to be a community. This is how they've – what they've created, what they tell us they are, a community where you can you know, talk about things that you want to talk about. 
It's a place where you can, you know, exchange ideas, opinions, you know, connect with people, whatever, as long as those opinions coincide with and jibe with those held by Facebook. I read somewhere, and I don't know if it was in this article or or elsewhere, that one of the, yeah, it is, it is, it's in this one, sarahcarter.com. One of the whistleblowers alleges um, one of the sources is alleging that Mark Zuckerberg is an anti-vaxxer himself. And he said they often talk about all facets of opinion regarding the vaccine within the office. So they can talk about it within the office. And this is what he asks, one of the whistleblowers asks, why is it okay for us to have these conversations at work as adults and not have somebody step in and say, hey, you need to stop talking about that. Yet on the platform, you can't have those conversations. They're censored. He says that's very ironic. Ironic indeed. Ironic indeed. You can have them. You can talk to Zuckerberg about them. And I'm not saying this. I'm just telling you what's being reported. Some people are saying Zuckerberg is a anti-vaxxer. So you can talk about the vaccine and the problems with the vaccine or the concerns. You can do that personally with Zuckerberg, but you can't use his platform to do that. You can't use the platform. It just seems ironic, as this alleged whistleblower has said. So you think about this. We, we've established, and I think it's it's undeniable, but we've established there's there's now demonstrable proof that the Democrat Party is the PR firm, excuse me, the, the media is the PR firm of the Democrat Party. We talked about that the first half of the program. Now you got this other component, this other problem that says social media is a place where you're supposed to be able to exchange ideas and have discussions and talk about what's important to you, but you can't if it's captured and stopped by the Facebook algorithm, which in this case is being alleged to have been designed to stop vaccine hesitancy. So doesn't seem like, does this seem like these places, the media and social media, say Facebook, that they're engaged in saving our democracy? Is that what that sounds like to you? Sure doesn't to me. Got to take a time out. Be back here in just a minute. Kamala Harris still unable to find the southern border with Mexico. She's in charge of making sure that we fix the supposedly. We again, this is not true. This is not based in reality. But we're supposed to believe that Kamala Harris, Vice President of the United States, she's now the the borders are or whatever Biden's going to call her. She's out there doing her best, her level best, to make sure that the immigration crisis is fixed. Of course, they don't call it a crisis. They reject that. But it is an unmitigated disaster. She still can't go there. She still can't. I mean, you figure if it was a priority, you would go there. When there's an opportunity for a, well, when the possibility of a photo op arises, these folks are jumping on their private jets and getting down there as quickly as possible or at least their taxpayer-funded flights anyway. 
AOC, she's down there, fake crying along the border. Remember all that nonsense? Had, they have no problem going down there when there's an opportunity to politically get an advantage. But when it comes to actually doing something, when it comes to actually solving a problem, ending a crisis, dealing with it like an adult, nowhere to be found. These jokers are nowhere to be found. And, of course, of course, you've now got the media, who's the PR firm of the Democrat Party, that won't talk about this. If this was happening under Trump, there would be a countdown or a count-up clock. It's been 63 days since President Trump has assigned this person to be in charge of stopping the crisis along the border. They haven't even gone to the border. Tick-tock, tick-tock, down there. Number of days since Trump has visited the border. Whatever it is, right? This is how this works. When Democrats are in charge, nothing. Crickets. This isn't even something on the radar for people because they don't talk about it. Because it's not in their best advantage, probably because Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are having the same conversations Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, is having with the media, talking about how best to deal uh, you know, with, with certain issues, getting advice from the media, colluding, dare I say colluding, the Democrat Party and the media colluding to mislead you, the American voter, and me, the American voter. But that's how it would work if Trump were in office. Tick tock, tick tock. Totally different scenario. When the shoe is on the other foot. In fact, instead, they want to focus on things like this January 6th commission, which, by the way, there's multiple Republican senators now Murkowski and, of course, predictably Mitt Romney, maybe Susan Collins. They're going to be voting for a January 6th commission. Got to look into this. This is like 9 11, Biden says. On the same par as 9-11. <sighs> anyway, running out of time. Got to take a break. Come back and wrap up here in a minute. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back here in just a second. to say the good news we you know there's a lot of there's a lot of things we have to fight against here being conservatives being seekers of truth being folks that are concerned with and troubled by much of what we find happening culturally and so forth around us but i do think there's a silver lining here i do believe and i've said this before that there are more people paying attention now than arguably i don't even think it's arguable anymore that at any point in my life and I think that that is a good thing. They have the opportunity to be persuaded, to have things explained to them. We just have to seize on those opportunities and be prepared to explain why we believe what we believe. I've got to go. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.